new on CuriosityStream. Grab your decoder ring. We're cracking the world's most famous encryptions. From the mom who took down the mob to the Zodiac Killer. See how the pros hide their secrets in plain sight on Cracking the Code. Plus, it was impossible to recruit intelligence agents without recruiting war criminals. Meet the retirees of the Third Reich who gathered Cold War intelligence for the U.S. on Nazis in the CIA. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Um, sure. So a lot of stuff. I mean, the, the main thing is you know that rental prices are going down month after month i see also stuff uh, a lot of stuff talking about airbnb and furnished units coming on the market um and then uh what which is interesting is there's quite a few properties offering free rent at the moment which i've never seen uh in toronto anyways i mean i've seen it in brampton uh ads We've before over the years there have been there's been some uh softer rental markets where i've seen a lot of rent incentives and different different things right but not in toronto not at young and eglinton like these are for the most part at young and eglinton and like sherburn and dundas which yeah, yeah, yeah. i mean it's understandable why it's it's actually happening right now yeah but so, i mean it's uh, news and and it it has to happen and it's like any other part of this market it's going to change a little bit and, and investing in rental condos or owning rental buildings in Toronto or anywhere like this is not uh, if one year will kill you, this is mm-hmm. not the right game to be. In. Sure. So this is what happened. We uh, Airbnb came. This is a big one. Airbnb came and everybody, instead of getting three thousand dollars a month on their long term rental lease. They're getting six to eight thousand dollars a month because of the Airbnb income that they were able to generate in these fantastic locations, financial district, waterfront, downtown downtown condos. Yeah. Airbnb all of a sudden now has had a major turnaround. Not just the ban, not just the the fact that Airbnbs weren't allowed because they they are allowed now, but just this total lack of the hospitality and travel. But hold on a sec. Just so, but what that did, what that did, it what that increase in rental income did is allow people to think that they owned something that cash flowed with like a 10% down payment. Even worse than that, they went private. They went B lenders. They over leveraged with higher interest rates on mortgages they never should have been in Yeah. because they said, well, my friend's doing it and I'm getting it on two other condos. Right. So why don't I go and get another one now? This the thing's working, going. baby. Let's do this. Bank Oh, so I'm going to go and buy because this is a cash cow and I can service that debt. So now all those guys are, of course, selling. There's a lot of them that are selling, but, you know, they're dropping their rents, whatever it is. They're trying to figure out how to be able to get uh, some income generated. So um, first and foremost, they're going to try to rent it out. But when everybody's doing the same thing and your rent decreases and your payments are $1,000 more than per month compared to what the rent is that you're going to get. And it's furnished. Furnished, so you might as well then sell. So now, everybody who's been trying to rent out their condos in downtown Toronto, who has uh, major financial issues, has put their property up on the market, right? And we are seeing that. Yeah. So what that does is it tells everybody in the condo market that now's the time to get out 
because you don't want to live in a condo for any much longer because your plan was going to detach, your plan was going to the townhouse, your plan was to get out of the city, find something else in the core, whatever it is. So all these people all of a sudden said, well, yeah, I guess it's a great time to sell. And so that herd mentality has left this supply in the condo market to skyrocket. Yeah. Skyrocket right now. But again, it's an absorption thing, right? Like how many of them actually came on the market? Set it here somewhere. How much? How much is the inventory? Like how increase? much did the inventory actually increase? No, not percentage. Like number of. Amount. There what were eighteen hundred and seventy-seven furnished units being offered across GTA from April to June, making up twelve percent of all condo rental listings. So they make a distinction between condo rentals and apartment rentals. And they're focusing on the condo rentals, at least in this thing, which makes sense because those are all Airbnbs. But what they're actually saying in this article um, or another article, but what they're saying is that although condo rents are going down considerably for new condos, um, apartment rents are going up. So if you're in an older where those apartments are and yeah space well and and just their prices were lower before somebody moved out the market's gone crazy since they had that tenant and now they can raise the price to whatever sure so in contrast yeah maybe you're going to see an increase there too for sure you're going to see a huge increase there impossible to see a decrease uh, there Daryl, we're forgetting about our audience here uh so let's let's not dance around the topic of the downtown condo scene well right? so this is the so this is the thing it's like you have old apartment buildings at sherburn and dundas two of them offering free month's rent yes how can is, you compete with that well it's pretty crazy and, and and so so uh free month's rent and insurance one of them is paying for rental insurance which is whatever 30 25 bucks a month but like incentives to get people in so so i started thinking this morning as i'm reading it why are they doing that why are these big companies that have tons of cash and properties all over god knows where giving free rent right now it's an it's an incentive it's it just boils down to you know how much income they're generating. They can either take a hit on the rent or they can try to offer an incentive and get the same rental rates that they need to get in order to be able to sustain their uh, projections. Pretty simple. So rent one bedrooms are down 8.3% in Toronto. That's a pretty you know significant number on the average rental price of $2,000. So we're now, we're, now we're down you know $180 a month year over year yeah. from where we were uh, before. So you're better right. off giving the free rent and spreading that out over a year or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the free rent is not free rent for 12 months, right? I mean, it's just a month rent or something a like that. A month or so two. I saw two months rent, which is, is crazy. Yeah, so whatever it is, taking that into consideration. And one month is equal to about 8.5%. So if I get the same rent and give one, yeah. I'm down 8.5% either way, right? So then when they continue their lease at the end of 12 months on a month-to-month, that's what I'll start making my money on the tail end. Right. But with the rental market right now, so let so me So do you to lock in what... right now? Is somebody that's looking for a place to live right now, is that a good tenant or a bad tenant? If somebody needs to move right now, are they a good tenant? Did they just lose their job? Like, are they going to be... You're, you're going to look at any tenant who's going to come to you right now. But the issue is, is you're <laughs> not getting people coming to you right now. That's, that's, that's the truth. There's not as many people. So the demand's decreased. Your um, 
uh, rental market right now is depleted. So you need to make a decision on what's best for you. And if I was a landlord and I was carrying a property that I could, I could manage still, um, you know, I would make sure that I get ahead of this curve and get somebody into that, uh, into that uh, unit at, you know, a rental rate that, that I can, that I can squeeze in um, yeah. and at least start to uh, carry some sort of uh, income with the property so that it's not sitting there vacant. But one of the biggest things that I'm cautioning people with right now is about putting their condo on the market for sale. That's the truth. You know, in the freehold market, you know, we the writing's on the wall. Market's doing great. Why is everybody, you know, uh, concerned about in the fall, you know, with the mortgage deferrals and everything else changing, possibly a second wave, people want to be able to capitalize on a hot market. Yeah, great idea. But right now, if you're going on the condo market and you're competing, the months of inventory has doubled. The, uh, you know, sales to new listing ratio has has dropped. We are in a, a, a heavy buyer's market in a lot of the condo areas in the downtown Toronto. And they're especially in the core, like financial districts and near the waterfront. So if you're trying to sell one of those condos right now, who are you competing with? You're competing with people who are over leveraged. You're competing with people who are, you know, putting their condos on the market who probably bought it as an investment. So maybe haven't had the same type of um, expenditures and everything like that uh, over the years. So is this really a good time to sell your condo? And I think that there's probably a lot of people who would say, well, yeah, because the condo market's you know, going to take a hit and, you know, get out while you still can. And I, I think that's part of the herd mentality. I think in the long term, somebody's got to look at, you know, why they got the investment and uh, that there is going to be growth. And I agree with you that eventually this is going to stop. Eventually we're going to have that demand return and that things are going to become a little bit more normal and steady and that condo market should start to grow again. But we were on a, we, we were on a run and, uh, you know, over a decade of condo price increases tells you something. Um, that you know something needs to, to give eventually but uh, we're still seeing a lot of activity so prices haven't dropped yet uh, but when I'm doing analysis on condos in the core uh, you know and I'm looking at it and I'm saying well in order to sell because I'm seeing what's available in order to sell you need to be able to be pricing at a price that's going to be competitive with what you're competing with or and I can tell you that that is a lower price than it was a year ago or able to wait till you get your price sure right but if people continue to put their condos on yeah the it's market gonna put pressure down on the price those lower prices and if you're a buyer and you knew that the condo that's similar to the one you want to buy sold for less money a month ago why would you pay more today if you have other options right so it's great that sellers want to hang on to their price and give it a go but at the end of the day if the buyers aren't coming and that there's nobody there to, to purchase you can want whatever you want for your condo so so there's a it's a huge thing so you got to look at why are you selling where are you moving to because now if you're jumping into the freehold housing market like how much is that market going to grow and where is that gap going to be between the per, the sale of the condo and the purchase of the freehold so how much mortgage are you going to be willing to take on and, and what are your needs are you in a one bedroom and you got two kids running around and you, and you need to move like there's there's so it's such an intricate uh, experience when you're when you're buying and selling real estate and so so many people are you know not being guided by by people who are looking out for their clients best interest and they're just like yeah get your house on the market get your condo on the market get it sold go buy go and it's always just about what's good for the agent and, and unfortunately that's what we're seeing right now is this herd mentality of everybody panicking and putting it on the market right away without taking into consideration that it's only adding to the problem right so so, so in a, in in a market that okay, so we have Airbnb and 
condo rentals, which are highly speculative markets, both of them, right? Yeah. This is this is a, I guess, an entry point where people can invest in real estate and feel like they're a landlord and maybe make a little bit of money depending on the market. Um, but it's like all those people that are rushing in at the end, the herd mentality when things are super hot and on fire, all these people that rushed in and bought all these things, like the market's designed to wash them away, right? And bring in people that are strong and capable and financially responsible. You know, you know what I mean? It's like it's like a speculative builder who builds a custom home and, and gets blown away because he doesn't have the financial capability to weather a storm, right? It's like any of this. It, it, the, some of these people shouldn't own five apartments in Toronto that they're making a hundred bucks a month on after making $6,000 a month on Airbnb. Like they I, should I, be, they should be gone. That's not going to stop it. No, no, no. It's not going to stop it. But this is why the market is like, it's a healthy absorption. It's a, it's, it's a good time for it to happen because if it happened two more years from now without a slowdown, it'd be way more painful. Sure. The issue, the issue just happens to be right now. There's a, there's less demand in the downtown core less people need to be in condos right now and uh, or or want to be in condos right now so there's a whole bunch of people who are in panic mode and yeah. are making decisions based off of uh, fear fear and, and they're running you know, out of dough yeah poor planning and all that kind of stuff too so over leveraged um, you know, it hasn't hasn't really hit the mainstream media you know I'm, I'm reading some stuff there and everything and you know there there hasn't been a catastrophe yet so i think that's why People are still being very positive. The uh, the owner of Lantera had a nice. Big, I long saw that. Did you watch that? Talking about you know how great it is. It was a commercial for Fifty Scholar. I sold him that and, deal. And his his um his um interests are obviously in line with what a condominium developer's interest would be, right? You so think? I hope that the condo market bounces back and that there's going to be people who are really keen. But, but let's actually let's jump into that. He, the, he he had a really good idea. I don't somebody in that thing had a good idea about making so that they, one of them was from KPMG and uh, they were talking about how they have like shared. What do they call it? A hotel. They call it their offices where basically you come in with your laptop. You take like a desk somewhere and you do your work and then you leave and you don't always work from the office like nobody's got offices anymore. And so yeah. they, they were talking about doing that in their condos now is like making some kind of um, uh, shared workspace. Yeah. For people to go to instead of common areas. They're like, nobody's going to want to go to common areas anymore. Who I don't know who wants to go to a gym. I don't know who wants to go in the public pool right now, but I, I guess people do. Yeah, <laughs> no problem. So uh, let's look at the pre-construction theories now, because pre-construction thankfully is uh you know several years away and we we are looking at it as once this all settles down three four years from now i mean how much is that demand going to return right? like, i i got two offers yesterday for the next year or two right maybe we're going to have a, a a softer buyer's market for the next year or two but three four years from now it seems pretty likely that once the demand returns and immigration and everything comes sure. back and and uh we're going to have a a void of buildings that uh, you know would have been ordinarily completed by then. There's going to be now uh, a huge demand huge. Uh, and, and a strong seller's market. So it, people it, are now 
putting their money back into pre-construction. They're really, they're really anxious to get into that. And the builders, of course, are charging prices that are way, way out of whack that don't even exist yet. They're saying, I'm sure it'll exist in three, four years in this neighborhood. It's, it's, uh, it's intense. It's crazy. But like I, it's definitely picking up again. I, I got two offers yesterday on our land, yeah, which is awesome. amazing for one day. I mean, one of them was such a piece of crap offer. It makes me angry just thinking about like it. I, but one yeah, of them was actually like I could work with it. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. which is really cool. But you know what? Like that, I think that's an indication. My, my partner, he uh, he owns a company that outfits people's garages. And he says, like, um, he's st- after this whole thing, he, he's got sales that are higher than last year, like year yeah. over year. Maybe not much, but like definitely an increase year over year. Same with Vitaly, yeah. who we had on the show. He, he, his business is going gangbusters right now. Yep. So, yep. but it, doing a door on Tuesday. Yes. We'll put so, up, yeah. I'll put up his logo. But things seem to be moving in certain areas and certain areas are dying. Like uh, I was watching Joe Rogan and the, he was talking about the, the stand up comedy scene and it's decimated. Yeah. Decimated. Like they can't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely going to be businesses that are changing. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we are all responsible for our own, you know, our own lives. Right. So there's a lot of people who are going to be second thinking about what it is that they've been doing. I was talking to a restaurant owner yesterday and, um, you know, they're working hard and they got a patio. So they're very thankful that they have one. It's on the Danforth and they are, uh, you know, working hard on the takeout side and Uber eats and skip the dishes and everything like that. Everybody's a customer of them. Now, if you have a kitchen, if you have a kitchen, you have to be a ghost kitchen now. Like, you have to go find some cheap rent, move your equipment over there, and just pump out orders for Uber Eats and skip the dishes and all that crap. It already as it is. But I know, I think but that's the smart way to do it now. It's going to come back. The re- like we, I miss the restaurant experience. There's going to be a time where we're all going to be going back out to restaurants now. And I think yeah. what I think should happen is I think restaurant experiences should be uh, should be more expensive, uh, you know, like to be honest, like that's, that's, that's a really good solution is to be, um, increasing prices for your, for dine-in customers and stuff like that. So you're not just building in your food cost, but you're, you're building in the use of space that the dining customer is occupying. They're going to say to them, look, takeout is here. Take it out. No problem. Yeah. But if you want to dine in, these are the, this Premium. is the menu. Yeah. Upgrade. It's you, you get, would you like to upgrade to sitting in the restaurant, sir? I'm going there to, to, to enjoy myself. If I just want your food, I should be able to buy it and go and eat it at my own house. And yeah, you know, there's tips for service and all that kind of stuff too. But what about the business owner? What about the dining, uh, the restaurant and, and, you know, using their chairs, using their floor space, breathing their air, whatever, you know, like that's, that's part of the experience that I think restaurants have always shied away from, um, you know, billing for because, you know, it's already incorporated into the price. Right? I think but restaurants I think are going to have to get bigger. People are willing to pay. Well, likely likelihood of that is 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 small. But the main thing is is there's going to be less people, so they're they're going to uh, it's going to appear larger because it's not going to be as crowded. So you need to find a way to make those numbers work. And uh, you know, I I don't really want to go and order the keg. Just use as an example. I don't want to order the keg and eat it at home. I go no. there for the experience, right? Yeah. Like I go there because I'm going to be sitting down at the table. And yeah, sure. If I want the food, I can get it. Great. But 
you know, have that option for people to, uh, to, to enjoy it. And it becomes a little bit more like prestigious too, right? So, so I don't know what percentage of the population are, are like me, but just listening to you talk about going to the keg and sitting there and eating was making me feel uncomfortable. Mm. So I don't know how long it's going to be until restaurants are like, I don't know if there's a hundred percent capacity that they're currently used to ever again. And, and like how much of the population is afraid to go do stuff? I, I, we just got a notification that our daughter's hockey tournament for end of July is on. They, they, yeah. They're doing it. And we're like, well, you're gonna have to find another goalie because uh, we're not sending our kid now. If we look at the last pandemic, the Spanish flu, and it was about two years of uh, waves and changes and and it was a much deadlier uh, form of a virus. And for all I know, maybe that just was attributed to healthcare and you know uh, people's immune systems or, or their personal health. I really don't know. But the main thing is, is it went away. It it's went away. So go I'm, not, away, I'm not confident sure. in anything. Like restaurants won't have their full capacity again. No, they will. But how I'm, many I'm restaurants can work on 75%? Well, then you impose a dine-in fee. I get it. How many people can, so but how many people can afford to pay double to go eat in a restaurant? Well, then you have the option of doing takeout, right? Again, the right. the experience is there, right? So, the so, experience is there, and it's and it is worth it. And if everybody's, you know, offering that out of necessity, not not out of greed, it's not like I'm saying, hey guys, make more money here. I'm just saying, no, like, they have to just to pay the bills. They're gonna have to, you know, keep the doors open. It, right? I don't know how many people can keep the doors open like that, though. Not many. It's going to be fucked up. Yeah. How many? One in what? One in five. One in five will stay open. One in five businesses surveyed said that if they do not see a drastic increase in their revenue over the next six months, they will face layoffs or bankruptcy. Hmm. This, can, this is going to get interesting. Those are the numbers. So is yeah. this, this is the calm before the storm. Well, we'll see. I mean, right now. So, if, what do you uh, tell? What do you tell our friend uh, here about his uh, apart or his condos that he can't rent right now? I mean, don't follow the trend and and don't uh, don't start unloading your condos. It's a horrible market to be selling. Just right rent now. it. So, take a little hit if you have to. And figure figure out a way to make the uh, the rentals work it, until we have the demand come back to the city and have uh, you know people willing to move downtown again because I do believe yeah. everything's temporary. If it's a it's new enough. If it's a new enough condo, like you, you can reset the rent really high after a year, can't you? November fifteenth, two thousand eighteen. If it was if it was built after that date, after two thousand eighteen, no so that might not yeah. be likely for his. I, I forget where he said his were, but yeah, I mean, don't sell. It, listen, what I do for a living is cold call landowners to to, yeah. to 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 buy their real estate, and the smartest ones always say the same thing. I never sell. No, but they say uh, I don't sell when everybody else is selling. And I never buy when everybody else is buying. They may sell. Listen, they may sell, but they all say I never sell. I still own the first thing I ever bought and I won't let my daughter sell it either. (laughs) I hear that a lot. But that's the truth is like, hang on because there's better days ahead figure out yeah. a way to, to hang on and just like suck it up and don't buy anymore for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, options would be when you're placing a tenant is to look at the tenant's 
um, profile and determine exactly how long-term of a tenant this is going to be. So if you got somebody who's maybe coming in for a one-year contract or something like that, that might be the guy to give the discounted rent to. So then at the end of his term, when he gives you notice and the rental markets come back a little bit, you're going to be able to have a substantial increase in your rent. I have a client who has a condo at Don Mills and Lawrence, older couple moving out of the out of city to, to you know see what their family and stuff. They want to break the lease. Um, rental is 26, I believe. And uh, looking at the numbers, it seems like their, their rent should be between $29 and $3,000 now. So there's actually a benefit to the tenant now leaving and, and uh, you know, breaking the lease, even though if you a, can find a another for a couple of years, I think, but not, not that long. If you're not empty for a while after. Uh, after they leave. Yeah. Well, they can't break their lease. So they're, they're being pretty reasonable. They're nice people. So they're going to make sure that they pay whatever loss the landlord will have. So the landlord's. I referred them to, uh, you know, somebody who's going to get it rented for them really, really well. So part of that launch for 199 Church Street, they were talking, uh, their big sales pitch was that, you know, condos in the core for under 650,000 or under 850,000. It was, it was, it was very low in comparison to what else is out there on the market. I think it was 650 if I remember correctly. Sure. But it was probably for like 360 square feet. I wonder, you can't, uh, you don't know how that launch went, did you? Do you? No. No. Too bad. Well, another week of Toronto real estate. Look at that. That's that's it. Toronto real estate show. Uh, If you haven't liked, commented, or subscribed yet, we got to ask you why not. Yeah, why? What are we doing wrong? What's going on? Let us know in the comments what you want us to talk about. And we'll dance too if you're willing to subscribe. We'll research it. We'll make sure we give you great, great answers uh, and, and figure it out for you. So we'll do our best. Awesome. New on Curiosity Stream. Have researchers figured out a mathematical formula for success? A clearer understanding of how success happens could lead us to change the rules. Gain a new perspective on getting ahead. It's science of success. And the U.S. won the space race, but not without help from the Nazis. They were just years ahead of us. Meet NASA's rocket scientists of the Third Reich on the moon landing and the Nazis. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.